Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson was tested during Tuesday's practice with pressure by the Broncos defense. How did the offense respond? You'll get that much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country and all you everyday listeners out there for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, analysis, content, coverage, and more every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my good friend, my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. And Sarah, my friend, Broncos back on the practice field on Tuesday, full pads in front of Broncos country, competitive periods, once again, some nine-on-seven, some group red zone work. But ultimately, one thing that we saw a lot on Friday in the preseason game against the Cardinals, pressure. The Broncos wanted to simulate a lot of that for Russell Wilson and the offense in practice. They did a good job responding, in my opinion, in Tuesday's practice. Can't wait to break it all down with you, my man. Right. Certainly not much disguise from the Arizona Cardinals, right? They were pretty obviously bringing heat on Russell Wilson, but maybe a blessing in disguise for the Denver Broncos to go ahead and work on some different things as far as how they adjust communication and how they adjust maybe Russell Wilson with hot reads. Remember, that was another point of contention last year among all the different things that were discussed about what's going on with Russell Wilson and the things that stood out in a negative way, maybe missing those hot reads. And we saw an adjustment kind of in game, right? We talked about that shortly after the game was over. The fact that on one look, Russ had to kind of just loft the ball up. He missed maybe Greg Dulcich coming underneath. And then the next time the Cardinals brought the house, he found Jerry Judy right across the middle, shaking that safety and getting wide open in the middle of the field. So it's it's something that I think it's exciting to know the, the Broncos are aware of things that they need to work on. They're getting better at them. And really, Cody, this is what you want. You get back in the pads, you you come off a, a, of a loss, or maybe even though the, the win-loss doesn't really matter, kind of a tougher start to that game, right? It was tough sledding, and the Broncos had to get something going before the end of that first half. Now with maybe a bigger responsibility for the offense coming into this second preseason game against San Francisco, now you start to, start to be a more aware of those things that maybe you're weak in or have been weak in or things that scenarios and situations that need to play out over the course of practice and just get those mental and physical reps so that you're more well-equipped when teams do blitz you because I think teams are going to try to do that to get Russell Wilson flustered. We saw a lot of that during Tuesday's practice, and and I would say one thing as well is they want to test the Broncos' offense when Mike McGlinchey's not out there at the right tackle position. Obviously, He's still working through his injury. But one thing I've seen Sean Payton do is even in the team periods, even in the move the ball periods, he wants real simulated football scenarios presented. And that's why pressure came up. I had a chance to ask him after practice how beneficial it is to get some of those pressure looks in practice. That way you're not just surprised when it happens at you know to you during a game. Here's what he had to say. The end of that drill you just saw was you know the offense needs a field goal so when you cross the 50 the likelihood that you're going to get pressure you know rises um especially when you're defending a field goal 
um, it's really good. You got to think quickly, get to your protections, and 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 be able to handle the pressure and get the ball out. That's good stuff from coach right there, and a great question, right? Because these guys are going to have to be prepared, and it's great to see a lot of different guys getting involved in that facet. So I'm excited to hear Cody uh, about another efficient day from practice as well from from Russell Wilson. And it's it's just stacking days on top of each other and getting better and better, more more comfortable in Sean Payton's offense, and really finding ways to carve out his you know new self in this I guess a new identity really under Sean Payton it's something that I think he maybe thought coming into Denver I'm going to be the the guy that has to shoulder all this weight but now Sean Payton taking a lot of that pressure off of him and Russ finding ways to get other guys involved and put that on them as well on his teammates well, it was good to see Cortland Sutton back at practice on Tuesday. He was not participating in Monday. He was on the side field Monday, but Tuesday he was fully dressed out there in pads. So I think it's just maintenance stuff for him as he goes, considering you know he's a veteran player at this point. He has last year. I mean, he dealt with a wide variety of injuries. It was good to see him, but Russ was getting a lot of guys involved on the day over at the Centura Health Train Center, guys including Marvin Mims filling in for Brandon Johnson in this role, Greg Dulcich getting some run, Albert Okuwebunam, and even Samaj P. Ryan catches a pass out of the backfield, caught a pass, a touchdown pass in their red zone team period where they were competing against the Broncos defense there. So those are things you like to see, and I can't explain it in detail, but just some of the designs that Sean Payton has, this is stuff that we haven't even seen in the preseason. He's not even going to show this stuff in the preseason, Sarah, but there are bits and pieces of his offense that I can't wait for Broncos fans to see a little bit more of coming in week one throughout the regular season. They're still going through install, as Peyton noted, following practice or doing different things, adding in different plays from red zone in or 50-yard line in. It just depends on the situation two-minute, as Peyton had alluded to here. But let's get some other practice news and notes here from, obviously, Tuesday's session in Dove Valley in front of Broncos country. They noticed that there was only one kicker out there, and we'll dive a little bit deeper on today's episode of the show. But Brett Maher and the move the ball period, the first-team offense had a chance to go down and move the ball with under a minute left in the game. Same thing with the second-team defense. Maher nailed a 59-yard field goal with the first-team offense that would have been good from a little bit longer, potentially 60-plus there. And then he nailed a 53-yard field goal with the second team when Jarrett Stidham was moving the Broncos' offense downfield. So I guess, hey, those pressure situations, real game looks, real pressure coming at you when the ball is snapped to try to get the kickoff. We saw him respond in a big way, but there was – an injury during the competitive period when there was nine on seven on one field, there was group red zone combination coverage route concepts that the Broncos were working on offensively and defensively safety PJ lock. key special teams player seemed like he, he rolled his ankle or it was like a lower extremity injury. He was carted off, but well, luckily we got some good news from Sean Payton following practice saying that he's going to be just fine. Hopefully this isn't something that lingers, but certainly, I mean, Sarah, with this in mind, you have Justin Simmons coming back from his injury, working his way back from the groin. Kareem Jackson had a Veterans Day off. Hayden Stearns is dealing with something he's going through some management with himself, and now you have the thing to lock here. All of a sudden, you got some other different-looking safeties on the back end of the Broncos here. Yeah, it certainly uh, takes one of the deepest position groups on the team and makes it into kind of a what are, what are the Broncos going to do here if this scenario does end up happening in the regular season, right? So. 
Obviously, an opportunity for a guy like Delarian Turner Yell coming off a strong preseason opener, I thought. And then JL Skinner, the rookie, also Delonte Hood as well, got an opportunity. I mean, to these guys can step up and prove, hey, even if you're not on the 53 man roster, who's going to be the priority guys on the practice squad that we're going to be calling up? maybe early on in the season. And it also kind of maybe clarifies whether or not Kareem Jackson makes the team, right? Because there's been some speculation that he could be a surprise or maybe not so surprising, depending on what you've been thinking, a uh, cut candidate for this roster. So I, I think certainly it changes your roster projection. It changes the safety, uh, obviously, position from two really athletic guys who are ball hawks on the back end to I mean, Kareem Jackson is more of the hard-hitting type at this point in his career, and, and I think you're, that you're getting a lot of that from Delarian Turner Yell as well. So very fascinating development. Hopefully these guys are all able to be healthy because you want those athletic guys on the back end that are helping create turnovers. Not that you don't want the hard hitters, Cody, but I'd love to see, obviously, every single one of these guys be available so the Broncos can utilize different packages and and enhance and highlight all of their strengths. But PJ Locke, hopefully, as Sean Payton said, he's going to be just fine and we won't have to worry about the back-end guys playing significant roles on the defense anytime soon. Keep an eye on saying Bassey also being a, a guy who could play safety. He's throughout the entire offseason has worked there as well and maybe some worst-case scenario type things. They He's a guy that could do a little bit of everything right now for the Broncos, so I think that is something that Broncos country needs to keep an eye on as it pertains to that. But there were some other roster moves that happened before practice for the Broncos on Tuesday. They have one kicker now on the roster and they brought in a brand new long snapper. What does this mean for the Broncos as they gear up for their second preseason game? You're going to get that on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach from men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. And men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code Locked On NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code locked on NFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on NFL. The Denver Broncos made some major changes and did some shuffling to the special teams unit, as we found out on Tuesday. And we're going to discuss that the kicker position, maybe getting some clarity. We'll find out the long snapper position getting a little less clear at this point. We'll talk about that and more coming up here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. But before we do, just got to say a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And for you everydayers out there, Cody and I, we really appreciate you. We love getting to interact with you in the comments on YouTube where you can find us. You can watch us on YouTube. Take us with you wherever you go, wherever and however you listen to podcasts as well. 
we love and appreciate the fact that you all take time out of your day to listen to this show and the creative ways that you find to incorporate us into your day. So huge shout out to every single one of you. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't want to do this without you. We absolutely love getting to be part of this together and Broncos country. What are your thoughts kicker position right now? Brett Maher kind of, I mean, maybe didn't necessarily seem like the better of the two kickers in the preseason opener, but of course we know this battle is ongoing at training camp as well. And Elliot Fry, Cody, he was let go on Tuesday morning as we found out waived slash injured on the official transaction wire. But, I mean, this is an interesting move, right? Because Brett Maher seemingly had the worst game of the two guys in against the Arizona Cardinals, having a uh, kick blocked as well as a missed kick while Elliott Fry made a 55-yarder. So what do you make of this move? Do you feel like this kind of reflects what has been seen in practice as far as which kicker has been better, meaning Maher, I guess, at this point? Well, I, I don't know where the real indication is. I think this one's kind of a mystery. There must be something else that they know or that they like that simply we just don't know about yet. Because in practice, these guys, when both were on the roster, they were pretty much even Steven, as we would call it here. And then obviously you go to the game situation here. You see where Fry nailed from 55 yards. It's promising. You like that. He missed one kick there. Maher getting one blocked is not necessarily on him. The other one he missed, of course, is on him. I don't know what factored into the decision, but I think leg talent probably plays a little bit of a role there. But once again, on Tuesday, following practice, Sean Payton was asked about it. Obviously, Elliot Fry was waived with an injury designation. He should land on his feet. I'm not sure what the plan is, if they're going to bring him back or anything like that. But that's the case right now. Fry is no longer a member of the Denver Broncos. So if you just got the brand new Madden, make sure you update to Brett Maher being your kicker and also your main guy on lead kickoffs there. But I think it's interesting, and there could be another kicker that they look to bring in. I know there's still some veteran names out there that Broncos fans really want, but you go back and I think you look at situations that reflect real game stuff. You you go out there as a field goal kicker and you kick against error, you, you don't have pressure in your face, right? You know, if you make it, great. If you miss it, you know, it's part of the process. If you watch kickers train, they do this all the time. Guys will miss, guys will make. But what really matters is, how do you perform when you have pressure? When you have guys coming to try to block your kick, how do you do that? And I think overall in Tuesday's practice and the move the ball periods to end it, I think him nailing from 59 yards, him nailing from 53 yards, I think was a great sign here for him in this next step forward. Now he's going to get every opportunity this upcoming week against the 49ers unless they make another roster move here to bring in another kicker. He's going to get the chance to maybe really kind of prove that he's the guy going forward. And I think there are some trust factors there with Sean Payton, obviously he spent some time with New Orleans before. He spent some time with Sean Payton. You look at his body of work in Dallas. Overall, it was really dang good. It was better than anything the Broncos have had in the last four or five years. So you had to factor that in. I think, yes, we talked about the one preseason game as evaluation. Can't make a decision just yet. You and I are both in agreement on that. Well, Denver made a decision on one guy, and it looks like Brett Maher is going to get the chance. But I'll throw this butt out there. Sean Payton did say that there are potential other guys out there that they still have their eyes on. So for Maher, it's not just a guarantee. He's not safe just yet. And in order to make room for a, a new guy coming in, they had to release Elliot Fry. And that was them bringing in a long snapper, Sarah. 
That's right. Jack Lander, the I think the fourth, Cody, is that am I correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I I'm, I believe he's a long line of Jack Landers there, the former UCLA long snapper coming into Denver, bringing some competition to our uh you know infamous I guess at this point Mitchell Fraboni, one of the most uh, lesser known players on the team at this point and it's very fascinating to me that the Broncos are just now bringing in long snap snapper competition Cody cuz Fraboni was Kind of just came in out of nowhere last year, it seemed like. And the Broncos didn't necessarily, I guess, know whether or not he was going to be the long. Like, this is a new coaching staff, right? So it wasn't like this coaching staff picked Mitchell Fraboni out of a, a group of long snappers. They've worked other long snappers out, including this guy that they signed. So, I mean, we'll kind of see what happens. But the, I think this goes to show, like, the incompetence on special teams will not be tolerated. Like if the snap was off by degrees or whatever it was that caused them to do this, they are going to bring in competition. They're going to let that competition bring out the best in the players. And I like that they're doing it at, you know, at kicker, I guess, and at long snapper, they're bringing in guys and having competitions with guys and utilizing other rosters as a means of, I don't want to say a threat, right? But I think, Really, ultimately, it is for Brett Maher. It's it's an ultimatum, right? To say, hey, you either go out and you perform, or we're gonna go find somebody else on another team, even if you have to trade for somebody or if you have to wait for roster cuts. Like Brett Maher, his job is not going to be safe until we see him out there week one uh, of the season against the Raiders. So, I'm excited about what could come of this. You always you're always fascinated to see like what kickers are losing competitions around the league, and is it because the other guy was just that good or is it because they're struggling a little bit? So I think there's, there's more to this story that's yet to be written. Well, and the thing is, is if you never notice your long snapper, that's a good thing. And, and to be honest with you, I haven't noticed Mitchell for in a bad way. And, and that's, I think is a good thing here. Last year when Jacob Bobin Moyer was on the team, they still brought in competition, right? Because you have to have, and, and Sean Payton has emphasized how important special teams is here in the NFL in terms of winning games. Like he doesn't just view it as you have to have a good offense. You have to have a good defense. You have to have a good special teams. You have to have competency there as you pointed out to. And that's something like Mike Westhoff does not tolerate bad place. Ben Kotwika does not want bad play on that side of the ball. That's why these two guys were brought in to help out with that specific unit. So there's a plan in place and we'll see. And, and competition is good. I, like I said, I think it's harder for us to evaluate long snapping because a lot of it for every single guy is usually the same. Now, a factor that I think could play into it is when you long snap to the punter, you're the first guy as well outside of the gunners who has to run downfield, right? You're not, nobody could touch you. You snap it, you run downfield, you got to go make plays. Do they feel that maybe Landher is an athlete enough where he can go out and do that? Maybe better than for Boney. That could be maybe why they're bringing in competition. We'll obviously have to see how things go and maybe they'll, uh, Maybe both will play in preseason week number two here against the San Francisco 49ers. But Broncos country, we know who will play this upcoming Saturday, and that is Javante Williams. How much might he play, though? We'll dive deep into that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, you make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But for all your NFL news, notes, analysis, and more from the local experts on the biggest stories, make sure you go check out the Lockdown NFL podcast What's the landscape of the AFC East after Ezekiel Elliott signs with the New England Patriots? Dalvin Cook heads to the New York Jets. 
How does that impact the fold in that division? Well, the Lockdown NFL podcast breaks that down and so much more wherever you get your podcasts or available on YouTube. Broncos starters will play here once again on Saturday in the second week of the NFL preseason and will play more than they played in week one against the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get us on YouTube or you can watch us there. You can get us wherever you get your podcast in audio format here. But, Sarah, Sean Payton said to us on Monday, gave us a little bit of insight Starters are going to play more, right? So I think if we envision that they played 15 to 18 snaps in the first preseason game, if they're going to play more, I don't think they're going to play a full half. But from a snap count basis, and that's how Sean Payton views it, where do you think the starters will land on that? And that's going to factor into, obviously, the guy we're going to talk about, Javante Williams, will make his first game action debut since he tore his ACL last year. Can't wait to see that, Cody. I'm sure he's going to get uh, just a huge response on Twitter from Broncos country, who obviously Broncos country will travel, I'm sure, some to San Francisco or there's some already planted there. But I think on Twitter, it's going to be just a huge, huge deal when he steps on the field. And we're going to see tons of people celebrating that, and rightfully so. It's bordering on miraculous recovery time status, bordering Adrian Peterson level you know, type of recovery. So can't wait to see that. But as far as, you know, how much they're going to play in that first half, we saw the the offense at least played almost the entire first half. And was that a result of just not really getting things going? And, you know, Sean Payton, like he said, he wanted to see them end on a high note. Kind of felt like to me they played way more than I would have expected in that first game. So maybe we kind of look towards a similar number of snaps in this coming game for the, at least for the offense and maybe the defense plays a little bit more uh, against the 49ers. I guess I don't know quite what to expect, but like you said, it's going to be more about snap count than it is about two quarters or whatever the case may be. So this is really, I don't know, do, do teams, Cody, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I'm kind of trying to just think. In the past, obviously, it was the fourth preseason game that was utilized as like, hey, the starters do not play, and you get your young, inexperienced guys, back-end roster guys, as much tape as you possibly can. Is that now the third preseason game? Is this going to be kind of the final dress rehearsal like our starters going to be put on ice after this game because if so maybe they do play the first half entirely I guess I don't know exactly what that will it will entail but I don't know our team do you know if teams are kind of approaching preseason week three now the way they used to approach preseason mm-hmm. week four that that's kind of yeah. interesting to me yeah and I think that's how Denver's doing it I don't think you're going to see a single starter play in the final week of the preseason even though it's the the first home game of the year, the first preseason home game for them. Obviously, they expect the new stadium renovations, over $100 million invested in that personal grant to make some renovations, a massive scoreboard, uh, renovated signage for the Super Bowl champions, numbers that are retired, and an overall experience that you're going to see inside uh, Empower Field at Mile High. I'm excited to see what the stadium looks like in person uh, for that game. But yeah, no starters expected to play in that one, which... I think is good. I think you have to have that approach here because here's the thing that matters the most, Sarah. You're going to know, and it's you're going to have more time to get things right with your starters than you will with some of these young guys if they're called upon early to have to play, and you want to see that. And look, I think Peyton this week, you hear his pressers. He's even talked about it. He's mentioned it specifically. It's a race against the clock right now for these young guys. He wants to see these younger guys step up on special teams, on those sides of the ball, and obviously when they're in on offense or defense because – 
they aren't going to get as many reps. I mean, they have 90 guys on this roster here. And with roster cuts being after the third and final preseason game, Denver has to maximize those reps with all 90 of those players, minus obviously the starters in the final week of the preseason here. But pressure is on for these young guys. And this is what Sean Payton is doing. He wants to challenge them. And, and he even alluded to it as well. You look at the first preseason game, he said, it felt like with some young guys, you see this commonly around the NFL, not just in Denver, but you have some young guys. They maybe you know see some players on the other team that you know they've watched on TV or that they idolized or that they went to the alma mater. Like they get a little starstruck. There's the nerves. As Sean Payton called it on Monday, said there were some nerves involved here. Well, now in week two, the nerves got to go away because a lot of these guys got to step up, and that's a lot of pressure. If you're a young guy, you hear that message from Payton because you don't have as many opportunities left here to really make a case to make the roster and those reps and those snaps that you get, they have to be your best snaps and they have to be your best output overall. They do Cody. And that's, that's so true. And that's, what's exciting about the preseason to me is like, yeah, there's, there's no playoffs or anything at stake with wins and losses, but there's roster spots at stake. There's depth chart positioning at stake. There's, you know, just so much competition going on within, not only are they, these two teams competing against each other, but you may have, a guy who's competing against a, his own teammate, right? For for yeah. a job, and so it could just be the luck of hey, which which receiver is the other team's quarterback throwing the ball to that this guy gets an opportunity that the other guy's not getting, or you know you get to go up against the the left tackle who's struggling as a pass rusher as opposed to a right tackle who's playing really well, and you get to be the guy that makes the play off the edge. So. There's so much uh, at stake with all of these players at every position group. That's a, that's one of the reasons why I've always loved the preseason because, yeah, I mean, you may not see uh, a good percentage of these guys ever really play a major role for the Broncos, but there's always guys like C.J. Anderson, Chris Harris Jr., Shaquille Barrett, guys that come out in the – Philip Lindsay, of course, guys that come out in the preseason and you're like, who the heck is this guy? And then all of a sudden – they're playing a huge role for your team. And and so that that's something that I can't wait to find out what's going to, who's going to bounce back in this preseason week two. Like I, I think it was a pretty underwhelming preseason week one from my vantage point. Like we we're not talking about a, a guy off the edge specifically who had a great game as a pass rusher. We're not really talking about a receiver that had a huge game or a running back uh, other than Jaleel McLaughlin in a tiny glimpse that we got that had a huge game. Like we want to be talking about that on the show. We want to be talking about guys like, how are you keeping this guy off the roster? I don't have any of those guys as of right now that I'm like, Cody, this guy did this in, in the preseason first game that man, he's got to be on the team. I want to see some of that after preseason week. Two. I want to bring out the hot take machine and be talking about some of these guys. Well, we'll see how it all pans out this week. You know, they get some extra time to prepare and practice, obviously leading up through Thursday, They'll travel on Friday. Preseason game is going to be Saturday evening. I'm looking forward to it. 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. A little bit easier for us, a little bit easier for our audience because, you know, late night, midnight premiere show of Locked On Broncos to break down the post game. It's tough, man. It was hard keeping our eyes open. But you know what? This is why we love to do it. We do it for everybody in Broncos country. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. The Broncos back on the practice field on Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back to recap all the action, all the storylines and headlines that we hear from Wednesday's practice overall in Dove Valley. You'll get that much more on tomorrow's brand new episode of Locked on Broncos.